Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by a friend of mine, Brandy. How are you doing? Doing great. Hi, Brayden. Thanks for having me. Yes. I So I used to do, when I did these interviews, I used to always get like bios ahead of time. But then I always think it's like really awkward reading bios. So instead, I just always have my guests introduce themselves now. So give us a little bit of your bio, uh, what it is that you do. Cool beans. So I am a personal stylist and a confidence coach. My professional background is actually in education reform. So learning and development, curriculum and training, all sorts of good stuff. And really fundamentally, like what I've always been about is helping people achieve their goals. Um, And so people are like, what's the leap between like education and, and teacher training and all of that to fashion? And I'm like, you know, it's actually a lot more um, in common than one might think. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. what I do is I help um, I help women. I also work with guys. My passion is really helping women and people who identify as women really get dressed easily and quickly and effortlessly without sacrificing comfort, without feeling like they have to lose weight. So really promoting body confidence and not just like in a rah-rah way, but like actually really helping someone understand how to address their body shape how to get their lives together and do it really quickly and easily in the morning so that they can go on and be their fabulous selves. Beautiful. And of course, we know each other, Brandy. I'll, I'll give everyone a little bit of our, our background story. So Brandy and I are both, when did you take Digital Course Academy? Were you in the same time that I was? I, it was 2019 for me. January or fall? Fall. Okay. So I was in it, uh, January, 2019. So my audience knows now the past few weeks, I've been promoting digital course Academy, which, uh, is actually launching, uh, either the day this episode releases or maybe a couple of days sooner. I haven't scheduled your episode yet. Not totally sure, but digital course Academy is open. So everyone can check it out. But Brandy and I are both alumni of that. And then we joined Amy Porterfield's membership momentum and we started, uh, they run, what do they call them? Pods. So a pods, yeah. which is um, kind of like a peer led mastermind slash accountability group. And we named our pod, the Real Housewives of Momentum, which I think is fabulous. And we've been potting now for about two and a half years, I think. Yeah, Isn't that like wild? Over two years. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We have been meeting weekly now for over two years, but we're, we just talked about, I, I brought up last, uh, last week that we're going to probably move to monthly, which I think will be, which will be fun do longer meetings. Okay. So Brandy, I, um, didn't really give you any information about what we were talking about, what we're going to talk about today. So you're kind of, you're kind of in the dark. How do you feel about it? I feel great. I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons we get along (laughs) so great, Brandy. You're like, Hey, 
do you want to come on to my podcast and talk about some things? And I'm like, what things? And you're like, you know, things. And I'm like, let's do it. It's all the yeah, information. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I don't like to do a lot of planning because I don't like my episodes to come off as too scripted. I think it's more fun yeah. just to have an organic conversation. I'll do more of a pre-interview with people I don't know. So then that way, you know, I know how the vibe mm-hmm. of the conversation is going to go. But really the point of this podcast is just to give everyone an insight into what it's like being a course creator, because everyone knows that I'm here pimping out Amy's program, but I only want people to join if it's a good fit for them. So, um, is it fair to say that you're someone who is like more in the corporate space and then kind of started a business with the digital, digital courses? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. So I worked in nonprofits. And then also when I was actually a student in DCA at that time, I had actually switched to corporate and I was working for um, a very large fashion and tech company out of San Francisco um, and was on their leadership team. But are I you omitting, are you omitting their name for a reason? I don't know. I'm just always like, do we say these things? Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Unless you have reason not to. <laughs> People are curious. So I work for yeah. Um, y'all are nosy and I love it. Uh, so I worked for Stitch Fix um, and I worked on their leadership team. And so I managed a team of eight directs and then underneath them with their teams, I actually um, ended up managing about 350 stylists um, in um, a Southwest region. So um, lots of fun there. And, you know, I had been styling on the side, meaning, you know, I had been doing my business, my own styling business full-time, my own private clients um, did a big move from Brooklyn to Houston and was like really enjoying the slower pace of life. You know, I'm like sitting on a balcony, watching the painted sky sunset, drinking a cocktail. It's like 72 degrees in February. You know, it was like, this is brilliant. And the hustle that I had been really, you know, building my business on when I lived in New York, in New York, it just felt natural, right? It's just kind of like the vibe there. And when I made that change and moved to somewhere with a little bit slower pace of life, I was like, this is not sustainable. Like, yeah, there's yeah. got to be a different way. Um, and so while I was still working one-on-one with um, my private clients, while I was now working full-time at Stitch Fix, I was really just trying to think of smart ways to scale, to scale my styling business. Okay. So you're working full-time at Stitch Fix and then part-time with one-on-one clients in a business as a stylist. Mm -hmm. You got it. Okay. Got it. So when Amy like kind of came around with her launch of DCA, what prompted you to sign up? Like what was your, did you want to create a full-time course-based business? Did you just want a way to like introduce a little bit of passive income to help the bank account on the side? What, What was the intent? Yeah. For me, it was like, this perfect storm, right? So, so as I mentioned before, my professional background is basically course creation. So curriculum design, <clears throat> adult learning, <clears throat> pardon me, facilitation, um, really, you know, building out programs, um, selling those, you know, for different contracts, all of that. So creating a course or creating curriculum or a program was something I actually really intimately knew how to do and knew how to do it well. However, doing that in an online space and marketing it, like that's way different. And so for me, like just hearing um, just how Amy talked about it. And I think as entrepreneurs, you know, business owners for so much of us, for so many of us, the the freedom, the promise of freedom (laughs) and like flexibility, you know what I mean? And I was like, this is exactly what I've been wanting to do, but like, I don't know how to do it. Right. I know how to do what I do really well, which is like in-person delivery workshops, 
you know, year-long programs, that sort of stuff, but to, to market and scale something, you know, in a way where it's, it's one to many in a digital space, like I had no freaking clue. Um, so yeah, that was really what attracted me to it. And the goal at that time was to really like scale that business so that I, you know, um, you know, exited the corporate world and really kind of got back to my styling roots, but in a really different way. Gotcha. Okay. So, so we'll get to the eventuality of that and, and a little bit leaving the, leaving the corporate gig, but first of all, tell me, Tell me, so you entered DCA in fall 2019. You went through the program. I'm assuming you had a good experience doing that. Tell us a little bit about what the process was like for you. It was like, so I will, and I'll say this because I think like honesty is what helps people make decisions and transparency. No, we only, we only want lies here, Brandy. (laughs) Just tell me pretty, pretty lies. Yeah. Um, But like, honestly, like I was a little overwhelmed at first because I was like, okay, it's like, I think it was maybe nine weeks, 12, I think it was like 12 weeks, but like nine weeks in implementation. And I'm like, I'm working a full-time job. Am I really going to have time for this? I remember like I actually emailed her support team and was like, what is the time? You know what I mean? Like, I really wanted to feel like I was making a good investment. And what I found to be true is it's not something, I mean, do what you want, right? But like, I didn't actually ever feel like I was missing out if I like missed a live or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so much content and it's it's paced out in such a really deliberate and like logical way. And, you know, Amy will be the first to tell you, like you go at your pace, right? Like no one's making you do anything. And I think that just really helped to take some of the pressure off. So like I was traveling back and forth at least twice a month between um, Houston and Austin where Stitch Fix has um, a headquarters. And um, there's like a really fancy bus. I know it sounds super weird because the bus is usually like what, but it's like a charter bus. There's like only 20 seats and they're all leather. There's an attendant who comes by with like drinks and snacks and a full lunch. Like it's kind of amazing. So I would take this like fancy charter bus and that's where I would listen to Amy's Q and A's. And like, that's where I would like catch up. Um, since, you know, working from home, I didn't have much of a commute. So um, the process was great. I mean, it really was like, take what you need and, you know, just, you know, kind of make it work for yourself. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. When you joined the program, did you already know what course you were going to create? Or was that part of your process in the 12 weeks? It was part of my process. So for me, I had had like, I had written in a notebook, like a full year before that modules. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, this is, this is what I do, right? So like I had like six modules, like I had a very, and, and I was drawing from my experience in working with one-on-one clients, right? So knowing what I would take them through and then thinking about what would be most applicable to, you know, in a course and how people would be able to learn from that. So I had that idea. What I was lacking was like, well, how do you get people to it? Sure, sure. <laughs> and like, you know, like the idea of like a lead magnet was like, what? But you six know, modules, like six modules sounds like a big, like signature course. Is that what you had in mind when you joined? It was. The yeah. Yeah. Is that was. what you ended up creating? It is. But okay. like there was, there was a lot, it was not like a straight line. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up there, but definitely some, some twists and turns along the way. Yeah. I ended up, so just for context, everybody, and I've talked in a previous episode about uh, Amy calls them starter spotlight and signature courses. The first course I created, uh, in DCA 
was really a spotlight course. It's honed in on a more narrow topic. And it was called Legally Launched, a step-by-step guide to legally form your business, whether you want to be a sole proprietor or an LLC. And it's really just that aspect of it. And then it's, I've basically now integrated that content into my membership, uh, which is really great because I think some people are really overwhelmed by maybe a six module course. You can always start smaller if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. And that was part of the thing. I mean, to your point, right? Like that's what I came in with my little notebook on. Right. But like, once my eyes got opened, like there could be something different. I thought for a long time about taking basically it's module two now, but just taking that and making that a course. So I really, what's that module on? Uh, it's about understanding your body shape, which has nothing to do with your size and everything to do with your body proportion. So it's like, it's like it unlocks the entire world. It is the best cheat sheet ever for actually understanding like what looks good on you and not, I don't do fruits. I don't do like GM, like no one's going to be like, you're like a pear shaped rhombus, you know, like it's, that's so I just, I can't y'all. Um, so why not? Why, why not? Because it, it doesn't actually help you understand what to, what to do when you have that knowledge. And also, if you think about it, like there are women who are both, if we're going to do the fruits thing, right? Apples and pears. Like you can have, like, a, you can carry a lot of your proportions in your hips and your thighs and have a full midsection. Like Cosmo's not telling you anything to do about that. So yeah. like really helping women understand like their particular body shapes and like breaking it down in a way that's like super neutral and really easy. Like those are some of the best compliments I get from my clients and from the students who take in my course where they're like, you gave me the tools and the knowledge and the language to just be like, I'm great. Like, I'm fine. Like the clothes are the problem. And mm-hmm. now I actually know how to go find the clothes that like will make me look and feel really good. Nice, nice. I, I feel like for like an analogy, I get on YouTube, those ads all the time. It probably just, I get them. I don't know if a lot of my audience would give them, but it's always like they're really, really blow broy bodybuilder guys who are selling uh, like training plans and they sell them by mm-hmm. body type. And I always think that's interesting, but I've learned now I have a short torso and long legs and like no waist. Yeah. So I'm like, if I want to look like this, you know, like a V shape, well, my waist probably isn't yeah. going to get any smaller. I just need to get like broader up here. Not really like super yeah. similar to clothing, but analogous in some ways. No, it is. I mean, that's, that's, that's totally what I do. Like it's helping someone understand. So for example, if you're, um, bigger on the bottom, I call it right. So, um, you know, you carry more of your proportions, like in your hips and thighs, like for, for most women, you're like, okay, how do I like minimize my thighs? And I'm like, bullshit. No, we're not hiding. We're not camouflaging. Like, please be good with the stuff that you have. But to your point, what we are going to do is put more volume on the top of your body so that the bottom half looks more balanced. So like, maybe it's a ruffle, maybe it's like a wide V-neck, right? Like style is totally different. We're not going to get into like, you know, is it frilly or is it more like androgynous? Like all that's great. Yeah. But the principle, like to your point of like, you, you manipulate the clothes, not your body. Like your body doesn't have to change to achieve the look that you want. And that's like, that's the Kaiser Sose of like what the fashion industry does not want us to know. Yeah. When you say big thighs, I don't know why, but I immediately, my, I, my mind just goes to like Serena William and a pair of like fabulous, uh, small linen, like short linen shorts, which I think is a great look. Great look. Absolutely. Yeah. Great look. 
Yeah. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a, we're going to take a quick pause because I need to go change my laundry so that I have clothes to wear a hot yoga in a few minutes. So we'll be right back, everybody. All right, everybody, we are back. So Brandy, let's talk a little bit more about your first course. Did you launch that at the conclusion of uh, the like live round of DCA? No. And this is actually something, um, Amy invited me to speak to her audience, which I know you have done as well. So as part of her entrepreneur experience, she had a few of us up as kind of like guest panelists. And one of the reasons I believe I was selected was like, it was just like, wait, so you didn't immediately create the thing. And it was like, no, I didn't. And so I think it just helps people to understand like there's 112 ways to get to where you want to go. So I actually created a workshop it was like super bad, like not even what I would call like a starter course, right? Like it was totally a workshop. Okay. And that was my way of being like, just testing the waters. Like, how do I market this? How do I promote it? How do I do something that feels bite-sized where like, I'm not feeling like, you know, like tons of pressure, but it's content I know I can like deliver in my sleep. And it will be really, really helpful to my audience. Um, and so, yeah, it was, this was like kind of like the height of the panini, the height of the pandemic was like June, 2020. <laughs> and I put, you know, everyone was like, like we're in our houses, like people were like really unsure of like what's going on, what to do. And I put together a course specifically on, it was called how to crush your cart. And so basically how to shop online and increase your ROI and bring home a cart full of winners um, versus like the buy and return dread cycle that a lot of um my clients and my students and just humans in general end up in when like you're not sure how to yeah, shop because off. during the panini people were also exclusively online shopping for clothing so it's probably a very very smart kind of program yeah um that's actually i i literally if i bought something online and it did not fit i would not even know how to return it i do not want to do that <laughs> well and i think like i hear all the time so i'm an expert returner um, it's just like, it should be on my resume. Like I can return anything. Like if, if it's something, I mean, obviously within their like rules and policies and whatever, but like, if I'm unhappy with something and they have a good customer service, like return policy, I have no, like no problem. Like I know people who were like ashamed. They're like, well, like, you know, it like disintegrated in the laundry, <laughs> but like, yeah. I feel bad. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm so, not ashamed. I'm just like lazy and I don't want yeah. to, but Okay. So tell us about my dryer is like beeping excessively at me. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go fix that. But while I, it's literally like three steps away while I do that, Brandy, tell us all, uh, about the workshop. Like what was the price point? How many people signed up? Um, how did you promote it and get people to it? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the price point was $47 and I went in like real low ticket. Cause I was just like, you know, like I'm kind of just like testing out the waters. People might have a lot of feelings about that. But for me, it was just like, I just want to get this out there. Um, and I ended up having 49 people sign up, which was, whoa, like I ran zero ads. I promoted exclusively to my list and to my like social media family. And at that time I had a list of like 500 people. So it wasn't like I sent this out, you know, to like 9 million people and, you know, a whole bunch of people saw it. It was 500 people. And looking at even the open rates, 150 people opened the email, right? So like um, all that to say, like you can have a small list and still do really amazing things. I think that conversion rate is, is pretty dope actually. So yeah, it was just that. And like, I sent like, you know, four or five emails, it, cart open and close, I think was over like five days. 
again, I kept, I kept pushing myself out of my comfort. Like I'm someone like I will procrastinate till the cows come home. And so I just kept pushing myself to be like, go, 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 like take action. So I only gave myself five days to promote it. Um, being the procrastinator that I am, I made all the content at like, um, like midnight, like the, the day of the training and just like stayed up to like six in the morning and then like took a nap. Um, I got some help from Amy's awesome community, actually, because I was like trying to do stuff in Kajabi for the first time and was like, help. And I now you just DM me when you need help in Kajabi. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> now, now I just go straight to Brayden. Um, but at the time I like posted in the group and was like, help. That was actually when I was trying to do the sales page. That was the week before. But yeah, it was it was great. Like it was a 60 minute training with a 30 minute Q&A. Um, you know, something I might, you know, charge differently for now, but it was just really important to me to get it out there. Uh, 20% of the proceeds went to the Loveland Foundation, which is a foundation that um, focuses specifically on getting mental health access to um, Black women in particular um, and their families. And so it was just like, it just all felt like the right thing to do. And um, yeah, 49 people signing up was like, whoa, it was very cool. Okay, so 49 people, you said $49, right? 47. Yeah. 47. Okay. So five emails, roughly $2,400 in revenue with a 500 person email list. That's really, really solid. I think that's going to be the title for this episode, Brandy, five emails, $2,400 with a 500 person email list. Very exciting. So you recouped your money for DCA. Now here's the thing I want to tell people is this is my preachy moment, everyone. Take some notes. Um, that's fantastic. Love that launch. I guess I'll frame this more as a question, Brandy. Would you agree, yes or no, I would say that is a fabulous first step. That's a really good amount of money. But what people are not seeing is all the work that goes into the sales page, the work that creates the content. Like You already knew all of this a lot, so it probably didn't take you a ton of time to create your presentation. But I would say $2,400 alone might not fully compensate you for all of the effort, but knowing that you can then sell that thing over and over and over again is where the magic really starts to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like to your point, right? The creating the content was like super easy for me, just given my skill set, right? And I understand that's not going to be everyone's everyone's jam. So that took probably four to six hours to like, you know, make it pretty, get it in Canva, but like I already... I already knew the the layout of what I wanted to do. However, that first sales page took me eight hours. <laughs> eight yeah. hours. Yeah. Um, sales pages take a long sales pages take a long time. But the nice thing is, once you write one, well, it it depends. If you're just kind of creating a new program with like more content, I always yeah. just duplicate my previous sales page and start from there, and it, they get like shorter and they get quicker and quicker. I should say. I know you're masterful at that. Like, I wish I could say that like repetition has made me better at this. It absolutely hasn't. <laughs> they all still take eight hours and like, yeah. I kind of paid everybody. Well, I think the workshop is such a good example though. When you're thinking of like high ROI in comparison to your effort, like start mm-hmm. with what you know. And what I always tell people when they're getting started, and I'm sure this probably came from AB to begin with, is when you're thinking about what you want to create a course on or what you would want to teach, Think about what people ask you about all the time. 
right? So obviously people ask me about legal and tax stuff all the time, but I already have a short list. I probably would never do this because I don't know if it'd be worth my time, but I already have a short list of like other courses I could create based on things that people tell me. So people tell me all the time, you should like teach productivity or you should do like consulting sessions on just like getting projects done, like execution strategy. So like that's something. So I could, I could put together like a one hour workshop on uh, just like project planning, like pretty easily, even though that's not like the main thing that I teach. Totally. And I think what, what was awesome about this for me was like, I was spinning a little bit, right. With like, okay, I have this like six module thing I want to do. Maybe that feels like a little bit daunting. Do I just take that second module? Like I was just like in like a loop of like just procrastination, right. And like not taking action. And so what this was really good for was because it was like a quick hit both for me and my audience, like, you know, Amy's all about like quick wins, right? Like it was a super, like the, the context and like the timing of where we were, if someone could teach you how to look at a, um, how to look at an outfit or, or whatever you're looking at, you know, on a model and then understand how that's going to translate to your body, like that's priceless. If someone can teach you how to look at what we call flat lays, right? Where like, it's just the picture of the clothes without like a person in them and like figure out like, where's it going to hit on me? Like what, like, all of that, like that's what increases your, your ability to like put stuff on your cart and have it come home and not be like crying. Cause like nothing fits. Um, <laughs> or, or if you're like you and you're like never going to return things, maybe it's just one thing instead of like 12 things. So being able to tap into like what people were asking for, or just what I, I knew, I knew it would be helpful and I knew it'd be relevant. And then, yeah, that is something like I repurposed that workshop into something I did this summer called the summer style bundle. So it was, you know, a training on how to um, pick the right shorts for your body type, another training on how to pick the right swimsuit for your body type. And then I just popped on in there, the online shopping course, right? Because people are still like, that's never going to go away. Yeah. We might be back in stores, but like sometimes online, like if you live in like a super rural community, there's a ton of reasons, right? Or like online shopping is still going to be a thing. So yeah. I have been able to repurpose it, which is pretty and awesome. You're still doing one-on-one services, right? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I know, I, I knew the answer to that question, obviously, but I have to ask it for the context of my audience. This is something that we've chatted a lot about over the past year. Um, I'll just tell like my audience, 2021 was a shit show of a year for a lot of people. Um, I even talked to Amy about this when she was on my podcast. Just a lot of people had really wacky numbers. And for me, I know for my audience, I actually did better than I expected during the Panini and worse than expected afterwards. And it was because after, well, the pandemic's still not over, right? But I'm talking about 2021 when people were able to start doing events again. And it was because a lot of people in my audience was were just really busy. They weren't paying attention to online stuff. So I think the lesson I learned, and you can tell me if you agree with this, is that one-on-one services during that point in time, it's when I started to like bring them back more and realized it doesn't really have to be one or the other. It can be like, oh, I'll just like charge twice as much for my one-on-one services. And if people don't want to pay for that, well, you can buy my course. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I went back into, so the whole time I was working at Stitch Fix, I still had, you know, kind of like a small group of one-on-one clients, but I was no longer, um, I wasn't doing any business development, right? Like I had, I had a, a yeah. full-time job. Um, and then plus it's like, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, like, like people, it, the headspace is just really different. Right. 
So I wasn't doing biz dev. I wasn't, you know, drumming up more clients. I was just kind of working with the existing folks I had. And so coming um, into 2021, I left Stitch Fix, um, did some executive coaching um, and, and consulting, and then, you know, really, you know, kind of took my time in, in building up my, my client base again for one-on-one and I doubled all my prices. Um, that's not entirely true. What I did was I took, I took services I had previously been doing and just re, I repackaged them in a way where people were still going to get like tremendous value out of it. Um, but I shortened their time to get results and my mm-hmm. work going into it for the same price, which kind of feels like doubling it because like <laughs> everything is like reduced. <laughs> yeah. Cause then, I mean, you can, you can charge the same, but take a lot more clients if you want exactly, to exactly. or not take more clients and just have more free time. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring this up is simply because I want my listeners to know that it's not, you're not like abandoning your current business to create a course based business. In fact, I would advise against that. Um, Amy used to talk about, and I don't know if this was a conscious pivot. It probably was because she's a very wise lady. Um, but she used to talk a lot about building a course-based business, which I think to her meant building a business that was entirely course-focused where you could no longer then do one-on-one work. Um, and I think that we're all kind of realizing that, yeah, you can do that, but it's not, it's not easy. So I don't think she's going to sell people. Like, um, I don't think she's going to sell everyone into that dream uh, because you have to have a really big email list, which means you have to be promoting all the time or running ads. Um, So instead, I'm encouraging people to think about uh, in the short term, think about courses as a supplement, like a supplement to existing revenue streams. Yeah, I think it's also just paying attention to our environment, right? Like when I was, so I left my full-time work in education in 2014. And and that's when I started my, I'd been working for two years already in styling. Like I I trained with Stacey London from what not to wear um, and had been, you know, like taking clients on, but I was still working full-time as a consultant in, in policy and education reform. And so when I went on my own, like completely and launched my business in 2014, like, I remember like that period of time, like everywhere you turn, someone had a webinar. Like, I mean, on anything, on everything, you know what I mean? And like, I was that person, I was just like, ooh, ooh, do I need to learn about this? I was signing up for like four webinars a week, right? Just like trying to like get my footing as like a new business owner. Um, and I think that, that that trend of like people feeling like I don't have the time to invest in like a one-on-one thing. Like I kind of want this like self-paced, like do it myself. Cause like we were all just hustling, you know? I think that was just the fun capitalist vibe that you know we were just all like entrenched in and I think over the past you know few years like we've been forced to slow down like we've been forced to slow down and I do think for some people that means they actually would prefer a one-on-one like really in-depth experience and by in-depth I don't need I don't it doesn't have to be time consuming right but like you getting to the heart of the matter with that person and their immediate needs and then there's always going to be space for people who are like, I'd rather just do this on my own, you know, mm-hmm. just like, give me, give me my login. I'll do it when I want. But I think having those options makes even more sense in this current climate than it did, you know, three, four years ago when we were in DCA. Yeah, agreed. I think one of the things I always struggled with is I wanted to, I wanted to create like the do it yourself offer 
but then sell everyone into the offer, right? Like I wanted everyone to to want to buy that offer, right? Mm-hmm. And then the thing is, it's like, okay, well, maybe if the way, this is the way my brain works. Think, okay, maybe 50% of the people are DIY and 50% of the people like are hire you one-on-one. You might be able to convince 10% of that other slice of the pie to go over to the DIY option. And you can do that with good sales copy and everything else, but the other 40% is not going to be convinced. So at a certain point, like your decision is, all right, do I serve both of these people with two different offers or do I just focus on my 50 or 60% other in this air over in this area? And that's totally, that's totally fine. I think sometimes we're afraid to like tell people no, but it's just realizing that reality and deciding like which route you want to go and which decision you want to make. I think it's also market sophistication, right? Like understanding who your people are. So even when I was only doing one-on-one, right? When I was only doing one-on-one styling, I had an entry-level offer that was for someone who I said like was DIY, right? And that was that the the body shape analysis that I talked about a little bit earlier where it's like, okay, I'm going to do a body shape analysis. You're going to learn all about your body shape. You're also then going to get tailored recommendations just for you around like what your best silhouettes and cuts are and tops, bottoms, you know, pants, dresses, we even talk about shoes, jewelry, like you're going to get all these recommendations that will serve you for life. No matter if you gain or lose weight, your body proportions don't change, even if your size does. That is, is the extent of it, right? Like you now have to go and like, you have this really awesome education behind you that's going to help you make more informed decisions, but like you still have to go find the clothes, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not shopping for you. And then I had a whole separate cadre of people where it's like, all right, we're going to do that analysis. But then like, you know, you're going to meet me at a Nordstrom. I've already pre-shopped for you. Your only job is to show up, enjoy the champagne (laughs) and try on clothing. 95% of it is going to fit and look better than you ever thought you could look. And then again, your only job is to decide what do you want to buy? And I have no skin in the game in that, right? So like, those are two very different people. So to think that like a course would address the needs of both just doesn't make any sense. Um, And so I think that's the thing too, like you have to be sophisticated about like, who is your audience and know there might be two, two different, maybe they have the kind of same like avatar, so to speak, but the results they're looking for might be really, really different. Um, Which I mean, you know, to Amy's credit, like that's the difference between like, you know, list building folks versus people who are more, right? Like there's, there's a journey there. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone's ultimate goal might be to create a course, but like where you start is really different. But that was one of the things that I really took with me from just running a business just in the one-on-one space of like, oh, these are two really different people. And so now, you know, the signature course I did end up creating, it kind of straddles the line. Um, but I'm still always going to have those people who were like, I I don't want to learn about it. I just want it done. (laughs) Like, I want to like wave the magic wand and like do the VIP day or work with, you know, like, have you shop for me? And then I am always going to have those people who were like, you know, I, I know, I know in my soul, if I just had better training, like if I understood better what to look for, I could do it myself. And I've got something for all of them. Okay. So I have to circle back and ask Brandy when you're taking all these clothes to your clients and Nordstrom, how much on average do they end up spending on that shopping trip? It varies. And sometimes they ask me, right. Cause like the, my clients, like they are not fashionistas. They are not people who just like have personal stylists and I'm just one of them, right? Like this is like the first time for most of them in their entire lives, they've ever thought about doing anything like this. 
but they're like at their wits end. It's like, I don't have the time. I don't have what, you know what I mean? It's just like, please help. So they'll ask like, how much, like, what should I budget? And a lot of that's still going to be up to them, but I would say anywhere between like 1500 to 5,500 is usually where, I know it sounds like a big range, but that's usually where people are. I'd say it's usually around winter and summer are also really different or, you know, like warmer versus cooler. Um, things just cost more in, in the fall. Yeah. Well, it's um, more fabric, more fabric, more fabric. You got <laughs> boots instead of sandals, you know, yeah, so, exactly. um, so that's in there, but yeah, like I had a client, um, in April who spent probably about like five or 6,000. That's not super typical of my clients, but like she, like we did her closet edit and like there was, she told me there was nothing in there and I kind of didn't believe her. I was like, Oh, <laughs> you have like, like she's a doctor, so she, she can be in scrubs, but she also like would like to dress in real clothes again now that we're sure. trying, you know, on the tail end of this panini. And she had like, like six blouses, like a skirt, like one pair. I was like, okay. So like, that was like, we got her like a wardrobe. Like she will not have to think about shopping unless she wants to for at least six to eight months. Okay. I was gonna say, I feel like you could get like a pretty decent, like capsule wardrobe for maybe like two grand if you're. Yeah. Yeah. But like I have another client who is in like marketing and events and, um, is like more like an entry level point in her career. Um, and you know, I took her to, you know, stores that like, you know, price points, like a little, we did Nordstrom, but also some other stores, like price points, like a little bit more affordable for her. And she got an entire fall wardrobe for like, like nine fifty. Nice. Including, nice. you know what I mean? It was like everything she needed. It is like, a, it's a much smaller capsule, but like she was good for months and months. So. I, okay. I, well, once, once we go offline, Brandy, we're going to have to talk about which uh, pair of uh, Christian Louboutin boots I'm eventually going to get. They're on my, on my dream list. As you know, I got my, my leather jacket. I feel like the boots, the boots are going to be next. Um, yeah. I have, there's a pair of um, Tom Brown shoes. I also have on my wish list for you, but we can talk about that later. Yes. I will. I will need the link for sure. Okay. So in the meantime, Brandy, I, I usually wrap up my interviews the same way. My audience knows that um, if they want to be one of my besties, they can go to my Facebook group, Brayden's Besties, and join. If they would like to become one of Brandy's besties, what's the best way for them to do that? And also, if you have anything that you want to share, um, I don't know if you still have your um, like your style quiz or anything like that, but mm-hmm. let, let the people know. Yeah. So to become... Uh... So there's Braden's besties. And then in my world, there's (laughs) smart cookies. So I have a Facebook group um, called style for smart cookies. Um, And it's just super fun. And we have, yeah, we just have a ton of fun in there. Um, So that's where you can find me if you're into like a Facebook community and then all the socials at Brandeis Nicole um, is me everywhere. I'm, I'm really active on, on Instagram, um, like my stories and that sort of stuff. So you can definitely find me there. Send me a DM, like come over and say hi. Tell me that you know me through Brayden and when I know we'll get along right away because uh, Brayden's people are good people. Um, and then, yeah, I do have um, a, a freebie, a quiz. It's all about discovering your signature style personality. It's just like a really, really fun, like the questions are like super fun. Um, and you basically get to learn what your style personality is and then like what that means for how you're going to get dressed. I got the minimalist the last time I took it, of course, but that might, yeah, that might be changing a little bit because I am going through a little bit of a fashion rebirth, which, you know, we can talk about after we're done as well. I'm I'm excited. I'm here for it. 
Okay, cool. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, I hope you love the episode and I can't wait to be back in your earbuds for the next one. Have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.